0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, I've been catching my thoughts as well. It's been, uh, my own words have been ministering to me, but really it's the words of God you know, that really sometimes we read the same scripture over and over again and then all of a sudden it just comes to light. And, uh, yeah, well, that's what I shared about last week, about catching our thoughts. And I wanted to continue on because it's directly related with just to what our call is. Because how we direct our thoughts, where they come from, leads me to, I mean, it, it leads me to a certain place, depending where they're coming from. So, basic explanation I can give sometimes, it's that sometimes it's, you're, like, not sure. You're like, maybe it's God, maybe not. I don't know if you guys see, uh, on iPhones, it gives you this feature, and if you have somebody that's in your email contact, right, and then you don't have their phone number, and they'll call if they never called you before, and it will say, maybe, anybody saw that before? Maybe it's this person. (laughs) Maybe it's God. And so sometimes in situations, we don't know um, where certain situations we're in, and we don't know why they happen, but we do know we already are alert about our thoughts, right? We have one device and two voices that are speaking to us. It could be God, it could be our own thoughts, or it could be the devil is trying to snatch good thoughts, yeah? So um, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you. We ask that you speak to us. Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We are listening to the word of God that is coming to life, Lord. Hallelujah. Let that word come to action in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. I'm really happy that you're here. And if you notice, we went longer in worship because the last few days I actually didn't sleep much. Kids kept kept us up for a bit. And so I'm operating under caffeine a lot. So be patient. Pray for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let's give our attention uh, right straight to the scripture where we're going to encounter, uh, we'll see a young man who's encountering God. And hopefully through this experience, through this passage, and I'm only take only one segment, one passage, main one. Um, and we're going to pretty much uh, break it down. Pretty much about a young man who's about to encounter God. And hopefully we will encounter God through that process as well. First Samuel 3.1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Tell your neighbor, there's still time. There's still time. You might, uh, you might have gotten off track a little bit in your life, but there's still time. God brought you here because there's still time. Maybe you think, ah, what else I can do at this point in my life? I'm already over 30 or whatever. I'm, I'm, around, I'm 55. What else can I do? No, there's still time. If you are still alive, there's still time. Amen? If you're still breathing, there's still time. There's this quote uh, by Perry Noble. It says, if you're not dead, God's not done. Yeah? So if you're not dead, God is not done. All right, let's continue reading. So the lamp of the God had not gone out. And Samuel was laying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was, which represents, symbolizes uh, presence of God. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back to sleep, man. Wake me up in the middle of the night. So he went and lay down. Verse 6. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Elida again. He said, here I am. This is strange, right? Because you would assume that if God is speaking, it would sound so deep and baritone like, Samuel. Yeah. But yeah. Apparently, it sounded so much like something he's used to, right? So he ran to the place where he knew how to, where to go. All right? So... Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, "Here I am." My son Eli said, "I did not call. Go back and lay down. <laughs> what do you need? Nambian? Weighted Waded blanket? Some cookies? Milk? I don't know." So I mean, it's I mean, it's happening. You know, more than once already. Verse seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me, you must be messing with me, right? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The Lord came and stood there. Isn't that great? God is just standing there. Calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen? Hallelujah. So good. So if you have, um, you know, when somebody says calling, uh, I totally understand if somebody rolls their eyes, you know, and says calling, sure. Uh, Because this term is so much used by our popular culture that it pretty much means nothing anymore. And um, when somebody said, hey, you need to call me, you need to find your calling. You need to find your calling. And for most of us, you know, (laughs) that's outside of the realm of our everyday life. And so we're just trying to pay the bills and do other things, basic stuff. He's like you're talking about calling. I'm I'm doing well finding my keys in the morning, you know. (laughs) So it's prevalent in our time today because uh, there's something inside of us that God has placed within us that, wants us to do that thing. And until we get to it, until we actually find that, we're just going to feel something is incomplete in our lives, right? It doesn't matter how many cars you'll have and the, how nice your house is, how many friends you'll make. Uh, there's just something that always unsatisfied and in our spirits and in our soul, which what we call calling, all right? And so so much damage has been done, you know, by popular culture that, you know, we talk about, you know, calling or a concept of calling, all right? And rather than understand uh, the nature of a calling, we have a concept of a calling. We think we know what it is. And so we often spend wishing, you know, that we were doing something that God did not tell us to do. It's like, I'd rather, Lord, that I was doing that. I'd rather be fishing. I can minister there, Lord. Maybe. Start your own business, and you're taking other people on the tours, and right, and tell them about the Lord. You're like, hey, you can become I'm a fisherman of men, as you catch this fish. So, whatever it is, let me give a backdrop a little bit of the scripture. All right, Hannah, uh, Samuel's mom, uh, she made a promise to God, and that she would dedicate her son to the Lord, and because she couldn't, she couldn't get kids. You know, she, she was barren, right? That's the word. And then the Lord gave her a son. And so she brought him to Eli, to the temple, at the age of four, I believe. And uh, so she dedicated him, and she only saw him, I think, once a year. But Eli wasn't doing a great job. If you actually read through that, around that chapter, the chapter before, um, Eli's son, you know, Hophni and Phineas, they were, uh, they were bad boys, pretty much, right? And um, they would take beat up people over prime cuts of meat, like before people would bring sacrifice to the temple, they would be threatening them. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, and then they would even commit adultery with the woman at the entrance of the temple. So, I mean, it was, it was not a good time. And, and so even in 1 Samuel 2.17, you look it up, it says, The sin of young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Uh, in other words, like with disrespect, right? And there was no reverence. The Bible says something interesting in verse 3.1, right? It says, In those, the day, in those days... The word of the Lord was rare. Uh, So it's evident because they treated the Lord as common. You know, you could see by their actions and people that were living around that time, it it was rare because they didn't put so much emphasis on the word of the Lord. Uh, So we live in our days, right? I would say that's pretty easy to get information. Everybody has it in the palm of their hands. But wouldn't you agree, but it's so difficult to get the truth nowadays, right? Uh, I figured this verse would apply to us very well in our days. Um, Would you agree that we're drowning in information, right? We are just loaded with information, with opinion, statistics, you know, but we are starving for truth. It's crazy time. You don't know who to trust. You don't know if it's inflated, if somebody talks about numbers, COVID numbers, anything. You don't know if it's fake. You don't know if it's real. You don't know if it's a statistic, you know. And let me tell you something a little about statistics. Uh, 75% of statistics are made up. I, I've, made, I've just made it up right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's the, it's the time where truth is hard to find. And it doesn't mean that there isn't access to the Word of God. Uh, God knows we have access to the Word of God, right? We were just praying this Tuesday with uh, Pastor Mark, Robert, and Jeff. And, uh, and, you know, you could pretty much pull up your Bible, right? And a British person or a person with British accent will read it to you. <laughs> and it's so interesting. I asked Robert this Tuesday. I was like, I wonder if America, uh, if British people find American accent soothing, you yeah? know? Because it's like you. I don't know if you have to use audio Bible. I mean, I do. I don't know. Probably not. They probably don't have don't find American accent so attractive as much as we do. But it's not the access to the Word of God, right? It's our attitude to the Word of God. All right, so. That's why, you know, some people can just come to church and be like, oh, I'm just here for fellowship, and they can take it lightly. Or, oh, someone so is not preaching, I'm just going to kick back. Or uh, I'm just showing up here to impress my spouse. Things like that. It's when word of the Lord becomes common to us, we can have access to it, but it will not have any impact on our life, all right? And the first thing I wanted to talk to you was uh, the first point is about the culture, all right? The culture, and I'm going to compare it a little bit Eli's culture time versus our time. So the culture of Eli's time was a culture of neglect, a culture where value of God was pretty much negotiable. Uh, and there were, there was an absence. That's why it talks about asp- absence of special presence of God. It says the word of the Lord was rare. In other words, they took it for granted, right? Uh, what I think, though, all co- our cultural concept of the calling, is really just kind of a, a self-help. I don't know, del- a delusion, I guess, dressed up in Christian cliches. Like we say a lot of these phrases. And we really don't know exact meaning of it. So, But I have strong faith that today we will have a clear understanding and you'll be able to say, I know my calling. Amen? So in our culture today, you know, people have worshipped the idea of God. This is how I think I see God. But that's idolatry. If we're inventing a God that doesn't exist, uh it's idolatry, Bible calls it. And, I, and we think, oh, well, I think God is like this. Well, I think God is like that. But when we read the scripture, it's pretty clear and evident who God is. So and rather be, than having a relationship with God, uh, we want God to be more of like a resource. So we're always like, God, I need this. Only, I'll only pray when I need something, right? And so God becomes more like a Siri rather than a Savior. Like, hey, Siri, tell, pull this up, you know? <laughs> And so, I don't know, you know, I, I understand if you will come back next week or not. I mean, it's a very challenging word. But we need to get something straight. Until we treasure the voice of God, until we value the voice of God, until we make time for God, uh, we will not know our calling. My identity, and Pastor Mark, uh, a couple of weeks back, spoke wonderfully about our identity in Christ, where it comes from. And really, our true identity we find in Christ. Because if you think about it, right? We're pretty critical about ourselves. We're like, oh, I, I suck. I, I can't do this. I can't do that. But God, when he talks, I mean, he's, he, he says things that he originally put in you, and he knows your potential. So God is speaking. God is prompting to your heart. Amen? So my identity comes from knowing his voice. And so when we know Christ, we begin to know ourselves. And we're like, oh, I see, Lord. Oh, I guess I can do this. Hmm. And you start being getting that confidence from the Lord because He made you that way. He put all those gifts in you. All right. So here's Samuel, right, who's receiving a revelation from God. And in my life, I never heard an audible voice, you know, saying, "Victor, like preach the gospel." I, I the, there was desire. There were desires. There were you know some comp- confirmations. There was opportunities, you know, and. Um, And I I noticed some effectiveness, perhaps, but it took Pastor Mark um, to explain to me that it was God's hand on my life, and, you know, just, that just came to life to me. And the moment you notice that, we've heard last week, right, God can use anybody to speak to us, and, but for some reason, Pastor Mark happens to be the voice of God for me in many ways, and I'll tell you why here shortly, but, um you know, it's in the same manner, you know, God has called each Christian um, to do something. Do you believe that? Do you agree? All of us are called to do something, right? Um, but if you're just going to stand here and if I just stand here and keep telling you, you need to find a calling. 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 It, it gets uh, annoying after a while, right? Because like, hey, man, I'm just trying to find a job, you know, and you're talking about some calling. <laughs> I just need a raise right now. But uh, did you notice the passage, you know, this is so encouraging. Uh, Even Samuel, who was considered one of the greatest prophets of Israel, right? Even Samuel didn't get it right the first time. He did not, right? I don't know why, but that just encourages me. Just reading the story, I know that there's someone that God used to do something great. But even the great prophet Samuel didn't know that it was God speaking to him that moment. So I want us to be set free of this thought today. That of the thought, I need to find my calling. In fact, right, if the illustration of Samuel that we just read, if that's an illustration for us, I don't need to find my calling. If I'll just serve the purpose of God in the season that I'm in right now, you're ready to shout, My calling will find me. If I'm just in the position right now and I'm doing just what I think is everyday life, but then you realize and you analyze, like, wait a minute, I have opportunities to minister. I have an opportunity to impact this person even on my regular job. Isn't that great news though? Even Samuel, prophet, the great prophet, right? He didn't get get it right. He didn't know it was God calling him at first, right? So let's go to the point number two. It's the, the contact. And they're all gonna be in letter C. So the first one is the culture that we talked about. Second C the contact. All right. Last week we discussed about our uh, the importance of who we surround ourselves with. And I'm just going to refresh that a little bit. Because we catch what we're close to, amen? How many of you believe that? I mean, that works with sickness, works with anything else. So, And we talked about, hey, social distance from people that rob you of your faith. That rob of anything that God has placed in your heart. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so the right, and I love that the right context will always point you to the right direction, meaning when you're surrounding yourself with specific people, the right people. Uh, when Samuel ran to Eli, Eli directed Samuel to the right direction. And so uh, in this season of my life, I'm just selective who I am surrounding myself with. There are some texts that I don't respond. I'll just be honest and transparent with you. Uh, but the Bible um, says that Eli was, was old and he couldn't see physically, right? And so I've been on this thing lately where, um, you know, I'm like, we really need to be careful who we surround ourselves with. And I've been surrounding myself with a lot of older people, people that walk the journey, that went through so much life. If you listen to them, your faith just starts growing. It's incredible. Test it out. It's awesome. And just because somebody, you know, doesn't go on SoundCloud or doesn't have an Instagram account or something doesn't mean that they have nothing to say. Or even if their physical eyesight might not be the same as it used to be, they can see spiritual things. They discern spiritual things. And I encourage you today to think about that. I'm like, man, I can guarantee you every one of us can find somebody that is spiritually immature or the people that really have just a life story. You listen to their life story and your faith just starts growing. And we also said right last week, if we're surrounding ourselves with people that are just weak of faith, that joke around, at the moment, you're like, ah, yeah, not a big deal, whatever, joked around. And then later on, you feel empty because just like when you eat food, right? You eat junk food. At the moment, you're eating it. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You can eat a bag of Doritos or Oreos. And then you're like, oh, later. It feels bad. When it starts digesting, it's the same thing that works in the spiritual realm. When we're uh, surrounding ourselves around people that build your faith, that speak into your life, you, know, you just want that to rub off on you, right? Hallelujah. So Eli, you know, I look at it, right? Eli wasn't even the perfect priest. um, In fact, God was in the process of transitioning Eli. Um, And even in that transition, uh, you know, Samuel is transitioning from pretty much a boy to a man. Boys to men. (laughs) It's hard to say goodbye. I just remember that song by Boys to Men. (laughs) All right. But uh, when Eli is transitioning out and Samuel is transitioning in, right? This is the transition that's happening. Um, And so he's stepping into God's call. And God deals with Samuel, but look at this. But he deals it, but he does it through Eli. And so when God speaks often, it is going to be in the context of our relationships. It's through somebody. And I chose contact because... um, whoever you put around you the most will start impacting you, right? So I remember, um, and that's that's, that's what, how it impacts our voice that we hear from God, right? And last week we talked about our voice uh, that speaks to us. And God speaks to us through our thoughts, all right? So, and I remember this moment. I was in the Northwest University in Seattle, and we were... Uh, with this class, a psychology class that I took, and we were required one session to do with a counselor, you know, to actually, with a therapist. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. i want to find out about myself more. And um, and I remember just telling my little different life stories and then (laughs) the counselor kept asking the therapist, I was like, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? And, uh, (laughs) you know, I don't know what she was trying to get after perhaps like, you know, for me to say, it was my mom. It was my dad. You know, that's the point of all therapy. Or yeah. like my brother gave me wedgies. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it was just—it uh, was just an interesting experience. But for most of us, you know, we know that we're just processing our thoughts, right? Those voices are just processed thoughts. And so God uses our device just as much as yeah. devil attempts to use it. But God uses our mind to speak to us, all right? But anyways, that's what. Um, why Samuel was confused, because when uh, he heard Samuel, he went to knew where to go, and it didn't sound strange to him. That voice that spoke, it didn't sound strange to him at all. It sounded more of like what he was used to. He had the right passion, right? Samuel had the right passion, but who he, he ran to the wrong person. And some of us, perhaps today even in our lives, right, we have the right passion, but we keep running to the wrong person or to the wrong place. And so it's not only true of Samuel when we're reading the Bible. It's also true of Moses. Uh, God called, called Moses to deliver the people from, Israel, uh, from Egypt, correct? And Moses had the right passion. When he saw that Egyptian kill an Israelite, he had the right passion. He went and just killed that Egyptian right away, and then he, he fleed. So he had the right passion, but it was the wrong timing because he was trying to do it himself. So pay attention where your passion leads to, who do you run to, amen, all right, hallelujah, so, and I look at myself, right, and some of the things that I've gotten wrong in my life, I noticed that it was God stirring me up originally, but I did, I did not do it properly, I ran to a wrong person, in other words, I ran to Eli, um, I ran, because sometimes here's what happens, right? We run to the things immediately when sometimes God speaks to you and you're thinking, I need to share that with somebody. And you go run to somebody, like to a friend, you're like, I think I'm going to do this. I think God's prompting me to start the business or something. And then that friend's like, no, I don't know. That's not a good idea. I- immediately, you can get robbed of that idea. Uh, last week we talked, like, there's more voices that will tell you not to do something rather than to do it, Yeah. So just be careful with that. Careful, don't just disclose something that God is speaking to you personally. You know, I'm sure you can find a person that you can confide with and pray with. But just be careful who you run to. And my contacts are very important because, you know, certain stuff, like I said, is contagious. So the more we surround ourselves with people of faith, we'll start getting vision. We'll start getting hope. You know, we'll start having purpose and security in our life. And so Samuel runs to Eli, but Eli tells him to, he's like, you need to speak to God. And see, that's the thing. The right contacts will point you to the only one who has the real power. And that's awesome to understand today. And like, Lord, I'm going to be careful with who I'm confining with or who I'm finding peace with, who I open up my heart to. Because what God gives us is very precious. He speaks to us. Amen. So, and God's voice sometimes will sound, like I said, it's through context of relationships. It can sound like, a, you know, a friend. It can sound like your spouse. A lot of times it actually sounds like your spouse. And sometimes it's the kids. You know, sometimes it will sound like Pastor Morg. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for me. Ultimately, what happens, though, after three times, right? Everybody say three times. Three times. Three times. How many times do I have to tell you? Uh, <laughs> Larissa, you know, pray for her. She loses her temper with kids sometimes. I'm, I, I'm kidding, but I remember she tells e, uh, Alita, she's like, e, Alita, how many times do I have to tell you? And Alita has this scared look in her face, and she's like, three times. <laughs> God speaks to us, amen. Uh, how many are glad that God has a call waiting, right? And God will call you again. As Jonah, he didn't. He wasn't even a great preacher. You know, he wasn't funny. He didn't have a good charisma. He didn't even like people. <laughs> and God chose to choose him to go speak to Nineveh. And so, but God used him because when he calls you, he'll call you back. And God found a way to still get a hold of Jonah and get the word across to him. And he finally is like, all right, God, after being swallowed by the whale, I guess that's a pretty big sign. I just keep fighting this <laughs> current. <laughs> finally, I get it. I'm going to do it. So, um, you know, how uh, there's some people that you have to call. And you're like hoping secretly that they wouldn't pick up the phone, you just hit up <laughs> hit their voicemail. Well, some of us think that our God is like that, that we we're hoping that when God when we God calls us that we're as if God is secretly hoping we wouldn't answer the call. But God is prompting us. God is God is after our hearts. He He created us for His glory. Do you believe that God created you? God created you, every one of you, for His glory. Hallelujah. So. Because what God has for you is for you. And and another also aspect I want to point out, if God has put something in your heart and you're worried that that your position is going to be taken away, whether that's job-related, ministry-related, anything, what God has for you is for you. And God, God, nobody else can take it away. And so, and God has something designed for all of us. And the next uh, thing I want to get to is the conflict. So first we talked about culture, our context, and the conflict, the third C. Uh, We'll have a bonus C in here coming up as well. (laughs) So uh, the conflict of a calling is great on internal and uh, external level. So the story of Samuel shows us that God repeats things. God has been repeating it to Samuel, right? So when God is trying to get our attention, he will find a way. It's kind of like shopping for a specific car. If you started looking at specifically, I don't know, Honda Civic or something or Volvo or Ford Bronco, the new Ford Bronco. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, reliving high school days Uh, and you'll just start noticing them Uh, so when you get in the market for God, God will start prompting you, showing you things over and over again and all of a sudden you like see it on the back of somebody's car and all of a sudden you turn on the radio and you're like, oh that word, again, that so, and here's another one Like God will confirm, see that's another one God will confirm to you what he has for you, so God will speak over and over again. And then, but look at what Eli did, right? And then you have to discern, though. When, when when thoughts come, when thoughts come, you have to discern. And Eli quickly was able to discern. In other words, discern means to separate, right? Uh, Eli noticed that it was God speaking to him. And so he said, hey, when this happens again, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And here's another thing I noticed that... <laughs> God, God's greatest revelation often, you know, comes um, in rest. I noticed when people go on vacation, and it's healthy to go on vacation if you can. Eventually, when traveling, restrictions will lighten up a little bit, and you can go if you can. Even if you go, like me and my wife went, and went to Homer, you know, Land's End Resort, and we're walking on the beach, your brain gets so refreshed and... And greatest revelations happen. For me, I mean, I, I do cleaning. I enjoy cleaning. I know it sounds strange, but um, I'm not OCD or anything. Please don't think that. But I do like to clean. And when I clean, is my therapy. That's where I get a lot of my ideas come, you know, from. It's just simply from cleaning. It could be a different thing for you. Maybe you're a woodcarver, you know, do something with wood. And God will start speaking to you, put, you know, those thoughts that will come to your mind. And so... His greatest revelation happened in rest. I guess in this situation, at least when uh, when uh, Samuel was resting. But you know, Eli didn't say, "Oh, that may be God. You better run out there and grab him before he leaves." You no, know, he didn't say that. And you know, if you if you are in a position, God will speak, yeah. because it's interesting how it said right when it happened, I mean, he told him. he said he went back and laid in his place. So when we are in in position, in the right position, which is before the Lord, he will speak to us. So you don't have to, you know, find it. The, The calling will find you. And again, I want to reiterate it again. Like God's calling for me will find me. I just need to be in the position. God is not playing hide and go seek, you know, in a tabernacle. So, God is not saying, like, ha-ha, maybe if I hide behind this showbread, you know, Samuel won't find me. Samuel! ha <laughs> ha Like, God, God wasn't doing that, right? <laughs> he made himself pretty clear. And so, God is always there. The problem that we face is we stop hearing his voice, but when we don't surround around, uh, ourselves around certain things, around his word of God, around people that build up our faith, we will not be able to identify his voice, all right? So here's the conflict, right? Samuel goes and lays down, and the Bible says he did not know the Lord yet. So that's the conflict. So he heard the voice, and he went and lay down. Right. He knew how to bake the bread. That was his job. That was what he did in the temple. And he knew how to open the doors, you know, for people to come in and out of the temple. He knew how to follow Eli around. But there's a big difference between rituals of religion and a relationship with God. Do you believe that? Yeah, you can just come regularly to church and everything like that. If somebody says, are you a Christian? Uh, Some people say, I go to church every Sunday. Like immediately there's that answer, you know, I'm doing my ritual. Don't worry about me. And so to know him is to know God's voice. Amen. And so when you know him, you can start hearing things that are hard to hear. Even when God is prompting you like, hey, I was a little rough. You know, you cut off that person or somebody I don't know, ask you some kind of a Christian about, uh, about faith or maybe they're new to Christ and they ask you something silly and you're like, <laughs> what? And just like that, you can just <laughs> knock somebody off their faith or their start. And so just be alert. Um, oftentimes when that happens, because we'll all screw up. We do it. I did it. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, you know what, hey, be careful. Or, Why don't you go apologize to that person? That was a little rough. So that's why, I mean, when God speaks to us, I mean, He will we will be able to understand and hear God even when something is not really easy to take. You agree with that? Hallelujah. So you realize God's purpose when you get in your place, right? Tell the person next to you, say, get in your place. We're almost done, guys. Hang in there, all right? (laughs) Get in your place. It's not just when God speaks, it's when uh, we get in our place. Again, I want to uh, underline a little bit more of that. God, here I am. Real me. This is me in my position. This is what I've done. You've seen how much I've screwed up or something. I've done this. It didn't go so well when I went my way and I did it my way. But but Lord, I'm going to give you everything right now. We were singing that song, you know, here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. And so that's what Isaiah said, right? He said, I'm, a, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips, but if you take the coal and touch my lips, I'll speak for you. Uh, Moses as well, right? When he met God at a burning bush, you know, he said, God, I'm slow of speech. I can't speak eloquently. I, can't, I don't have what it takes. But if it's you, God, but if it's you that putting that thought in my head, if it's you prompting me and I keep seeing it there and I say, over here, and then my friend mentioned it and my spouse mentioned it, Lord, here I am. Right? Jeremiah said, I'm too young for this. And your people are stubborn, Lord. They're not going to listen to what I got to say. But if you're calling me, Lord, here I am. And in this season, I'm, you know, I I can get confused about my calling because I don't have just one calling. For the longest time, I I did not understand that. Who's my calling? What's my calling? And God is like, your calling is everywhere. So... I'll, I'll break it down for you a little bit, right? I remember when Pastor Mark was first, I don't know how many years ago, it was 12 years or something ago, he said, why don't you start leading worship? And I said, I never led worship. I mean, I've never even taken a music class before, honestly. And, um, but I was like, I'm available. Here I am. And then God spoke to Pastor Mark again, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, not probably. Now I know it for sure it was God speaking. Um, He's like Vic, you should preach. You know, you should try to preach. And I'm like, I'll try. I tried it. And I was like, okay. And then I remember, for the longest time, couldn't find, figure it out with my relationship. You know, I've been dating, and I was just kept hitting dead ends. Something didn't go right. And then uh, me and Pastor Mark were eating a Mekong Thai cuisine, and Pastor Mark is like, Hey, Larissa was here. She's great. You should go marry her. <laughs> I did. <laughs> God's been speaking through Pastor Mark my whole life. It's incredible. So, and then I realized I'm also called to be a husband. Like, oh, that's a different technique. (laughs) And then Larissa gets pregnant. And it's like, oh, well, I guess now I'm also called to be a parent, not just a husband. So it's it's not, you can't put a calling into one thing and say this is just, calling is this. You need to find a calling, your calling is to... Tell this person this every day. I don't know. Calling is it's not as simple, it's, but it's everywhere you go. Yeah. You're carrying the kingdom of God with you wherever you go, whoever you encounter with. How many believe that? Yeah? We are the representatives of the kingdom of God. So if somebody says, find your calling, I'll say, which one? We can say that. That's what I, I did for the longest time because I could not understand that. But when God showed me in my last 10 years and he said, you were in your position and you were available And God was able to use you in every position. Hallelujah. All right, we're wrapping up here. I see our kids are excited to get back. That's amazing. So if I just, what if I come home and I'm like, Larissa, give him a shout of praise. That's a different calling. (laughs) That's a different technique, right? If I'm preaching and here I am just saying something like that. But how many of you at least have two callings in your life? Or you would say, Two things that you're responsible for. Real quick. Is there anybody that has more than one thing they're responsible for? Amazing. All right. Awesome. And you ever feel like some of those two things get into conflict with each other sometimes? Yeah, it happens. So that's the conflict of a calling. You're like, well, I thought it's this, but it's this. But when you walk with God, your calling is very evident in every little situation, wherever you go. Kingdom of God is following you. But the answer is always about our availability, right? When God is prompting us, when he's speaking to us, it's very important to say, Lord, I am available. Here I am. You've prompted me, but here I am, Lord. I don't know how well I can do this, but here I am. And I love this. This is the last thing I want to say that um, by the time we get 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Bible says Samuel's word came to all of Israel. I was curious why God, why God didn't say God's word through Samuel, right? Maybe because God wants to show that he could use anyone for his glory. And so 1 Samuel, from 1 Samuel chapter 3 where he said, here I am, speak, to 1 Samuel chapter 4, we have gone from the word of the Lord was rare to the word of the Lord, the word of, word of Samuel came to all of Israel availability and i don't know perhaps you've been prompted to all year from the beginning of the year you're like i don't even know lord about this year well what am i gonna do i can't even figure it out my own family things but you'll be surprised how god is prompting that certain things in your life over and over again to tell you hey maybe you should do it and there's absolutely nothing greater in our life than to know what you're made here on earth to do that is the most satisfying feeling would you agree with that if you're just going from here to here and that's why you hear sometimes people go from one education to another education they get this degree they go to that degree and I feel sorry because I kind of know what's happening they are not, they haven't found, they're just not following the Lord. When you, found, when you find the Lord, and our identity comes from Christ, right? When we find our relationship with God, God reveals everything that we're available to do. It, all the, the amazing things about ourselves. Things that we don't believe ourselves. Amen? Hallelujah. And God is just right here. I, I, I'm so confident enough to say that God's presence is in this place and God is speaking. He's prompting us. He's prompting our hearts. Let's become available before the Lord. Let's stand on our feet real quick and just have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, that speaks to us, that prompts us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our life, Lord. We thank you that you've been speaking through hard times, painful things, through passion, Lord, through rejection, through restlessness, Lord. You've been prompting our hearts. And it wasn't, Lord, that you weren't speaking. It's just that we lost our abil- ability to hear your word, Lord, to listen to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And just like before Samuel, God said to Samuel, before, before, what God said you know, to Samuel, before you can speak to me, you need to learn my voice. And that's what Samuel did. He heard his voice and he started recognizing it. And immediately, God started transitioning him to his calling. So whatever it is right now in your heart, just take that moment. I understand. Don't worry. Lunch is coming. You'll have time to eat lunch. But just allow that moment, that word, that seed to deposit into your spirit. We're a family that is moving forward, our church family. But it's also going to impact how you're moving in your real life, at your work. And I'm pretty sure that right now when we go back to our workplace, we're going to see our job in a different light. Perhaps you're you're called to be a mom one day, but can you say I'm available right now in in this season of my life? Maybe you're called to own a business, but can you say to the Lord, I'm available in this season of my life with my job, with my where I'm at? What can I do? God is constantly speaking to us. He's speaking, and as those are not your thoughts, God is speaking. When you know those words that say, "You are so incredible, my son. You're incredible, my daughter." God is speaking. Amen. Be blessed. Let's just worship him just in the moment. If you need prayer, the prayer is always available. If you need prayer next week to digest this word, we're available. God is available always. He's always there. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.